And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to Financial Fitness Friday of The Real Investment Show. Good morning, everybody. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're so glad you're here this week and couldn't happen fast enough. <laughs> the weeks fly by. If it's somewhere I got stuck on Wednesday and it never sort of left. <clears throat> Danny's still asleep. What? We're live. <laughs> We're live. <clears throat> so I was telling... I was telling Brent I had a great idea, one of my best ideas. Do you ever come up with like, okay, here are all these money-making ideas I want to do? Yeah. Called Nap Station, which would be like a storefront, but you'd walk in and you'd pay like 30 bucks for 30 minutes and you get in a nice pod and, uh, you know, you have, you can either have these nice, beautiful s- scenes on a screen, I hide it on, above you with nice music and you take a nap because naps are so healthy. Mm-hmm. Right, all the studies that that are out there go through. Hey, this is why naps are so healthy. So I figured, hey, chain of nap stations in major metropolitan areas would be good. But then I figured, why not just create Napcoin? Yes, <laughs> probably a in? better idea to be honest with you. Because where are you going to put a nap station? You can't put it in a mall. You can't put it in a well. You would do it like in, in a we high have rise. so many strip malls here, right? Yeah. Strip centers. You just put it in there. I even have the logo. I even got my little sleepy head guy that <laughs> I've got I a better with. idea. I'll create an app. It'll be called Nap Station. Nap Turn app. on. It'll no. play whatever music you want. You just pull over on the side of the road. Yeah, Nap Point. The You're Nap good. app. There you go. Nap app. Yeah, you can do it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Genius. Well, you probably get able to do that in um, if you buy a Tesla, as long as you're yeah. in the driver's seat. Sure. Uh, you, could get, you could get Nap credits. <laughs> now you're yeah. talking. See, this is yeah. why it's it's so important to bring these ideas up mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah, kind of a, so they can they can poo poo them as usual. No, of, I think this is a great idea. Yeah. Look look where it's gone already. It's kind of a sleeper deal, though. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a snoozer. <laughs> I have a nap station. I call it my office. <laughs> whoa, hey, hey, whoa, <laughs> hey. So uh, looks like hey, Dow implied open ninety points today. Uh, S and P implied higher today. Um, Every day seems to be a green day. The Fed finally comes out yesterday and says, well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, the markets are slightly frothy and we all need to be careful. (laughs) What? Are you kidding? You're trying to tell us what? (laughs) Not at all. Well, what S&P is up about a half a percent for the week. I mean, it's not been a tremendous week by any means, but, you know, I think we've had a little bit of whiplash a little bit with Yellen at the beginning of the week saying how rates, they do need to modestly rise. Then she comes back out later that afternoon and says, whoa, no, we're good when the market begins to tank. Um, <laughs> she got the phone call. Well, it's just really interesting because she's so seasoned that you would think she would know this. Right. I mean, come on. She, she's been on both sides of the ledger here. She's been the Fed chair and now the Treasury secretary. You would think she has this verbiage down pat. You would think, uh, you would think, and she sort of hinted at it, and it's not like she wasn't giving anybody the truth, right? Correct. But she did have to walk it back. Actually, 
I was surprised, Danny, that even though the market pulled back, that it didn't pull back more dramatically than it did. Because as soon as you say rate increase or inflation, the market takes it negatively. So even though it was, you know, it, we did have a pullback there for a bit, it was nothing <clears throat> compared to what it would have been in the past. Because I still think the market is has the firm belief that the Fed is always going to bail it out. And there is going to be some additional stimulus coming in some form. I don't know what infrastructure looks like. I don't know how what taxes look like. We've been talking about for years that taxes are going higher. And that was just based on the sunset of the um, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act at the end of 2025 and us going back to our marginal rates that were there previously. Well, not only that, so, but we haven't had a budget in how long? Um, oh, I don't know. Continuing resolution oh, yeah. increasing it each and every Has it year. Been since Obama? Or when was the last time we had a budget? This was before Obama. Oh, before Obama. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, forget budget. We don't. Uh, that's, that's a four letter word. word. Now, I want to explain something to you because Danny brings up a great point. Don't take the government's example. <laughs> You need the budget because you can't print your own money. You can't manufacture your own currency. So even though they're, hey, I'll just do what the government does. No one is going to bail you out. <laughs> Remember that. Unless you're a big company or a bank. You know, if you're an airline or a bank, you might get bailed out. But you and your little household there, nah, not well, going to happen. So. Most households have been bailed out. I mean, throughout this last year, we've had a lot ah, of good point. A, a lot of a lot of ways that, that households have been propped up, which was necessary. However, how many trillions? Yeah, and, and how many more can there can there be? That's going to be the question. At some point, you're going to see them step back the fiscal policy, the monetary policy. At some point, this will not continue to be feasible. And so, that's what what concerns me is what happens when all the the Kool Aid's been taken away. Well, interesting enough, we can't find enough workers, right? I mean, there's a, there's a myriad of reasons for it, but one of the reasons is why do I need to go to work? I mean, there's a, there's a neighborhood shop by me that is offering like 40 bucks just to come in to interview. Really? <laughs> so I also think people are, I, I also think that there's an issue with, across the country with how school schedules are looking. I, I have no idea why kids can't go back to school. That's way beyond my pay grade because I don't get it. Um, so child care, right? Can't go back to work because my child's still not in school. But a lot of it is also because of the stimulus that we've been given. I've heard some really crazy things about how people have been spent their stimulus checks. What's the craziest thing you've heard? Uh, all on lottery tickets. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember you telling me that one. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot of people. So, they're giving it away to charity. They're saying, you know what? I don't necessarily need it. Um, a lot no, of retirees. Do some good stuff with that. Yeah, have, giving it to charities. It. I've had, we've had clients, uh, mm -hmm. retirees that said, hey, I don't know why I got this, but I just, um, oh, I had someone I know that was really in need, and I, you know, yeah. I gave it to them, but also charity. So the money has gone to. Um, good places. But when the liquidity sloshes around the way it is, it winds up in all these different um, so-called asset classes. I still have a tough time calling crypto a, an asset class, but it's becoming more and more mainstream as such. We, Because let me just say, in that lane or that main lane of crypto, you might be driving a car that's eventually going to explode on you because there has been talk that governments are going to create their own crypto. Soon as that happens, 
it's going to crowd out all this dodgy coin or whatever the heck you call it, kite coins and all this other stuff that people are just using to trade amongst themselves. Do you understand people are using these cryptos to trade? Danny and I create a crypto, right? We create Napcoin. We get Brent in. He wants to buy in. Uh, Brent gets Brittany two friends. It's like that commercial that people don't remember on Claro. What is it? You tell two friends. You tell two friends. And then we're all trading back and forth. And there's going to be a greater fool to buy mine that I hopefully I can convert <clears throat> to a medium of exchange. What do you mean? The dollar? I guess. So, I mean, if I want to go ahead and retire, I actually need the money that I can go out there and spend. Right? Correct. So uh, crazy times, everybody. We get back. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, including the 2021 end of life survey. Are Americans prepared? You know, cheery toy talk for a Friday here on the Financial Fitness Friday show. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. We're going for the best on our next Candid Coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff, Saturday, May 22nd. The best accounts to save, the best accounts to invest. Investments are one thing. The vehicles you place them in can be quite another. Which are the best for you? Learn about the best types of accounts to save for health care, retirement, and emergency reserves on our next Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, Saturday, May 22nd. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. I'm going to put Brent on the spot. Look at him tell him. Major childhood crush. Childhood crush? Define childhood. Well, 10, let's say 10 to 8 to 15 years old television, radio. Yours was probably Edward R. Murray or Murrow. I had a crush or, uh, on Petula Clark. Oh, okay. I thought she was, she was awesome. cute as heck. Yes. Don't sleep in the subway. Downtown. Downtown, yeah. yes. Petula Clark. Today they'd be telling you sleep in the subway. Yeah. She'd be singing that. And get out of town. Yeah. I think Danny's was um, Sabrina. Teenage Witch. <laughs> Sabrina. No. What's her name? Melissa Hart. Joan Hart. That may have been a little after my time. I, I don't know. You're pretty young. And then there was Farrah Fawcett. Yes. May well, she rest in peace. Yes. May she rest in peace. But uh, go ahead, Danny. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's yeah, I think ever. Because Michelle's listening. No. No. I just really don't think Danny did. I think he was just too busy. <laughs> To have a childhood crush. I, I didn't watch much TV. No, I think he we was were outside like mowing the lawn, mm -hmm. playing ball, playing ball. We did a lot of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a crush now. He better. Um, well, Richard, see, who was your childhood so crush? Many, but number one, Marsha Brady. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But number two, Joey Heatherton. I posted a photo yeah. of her on Facebook yeah. today that I found mm -hmm. in the retro room. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
in her apartment in 1970. Wait, you found a picture in her apartment? Wait a second. Well, no, she, they you were posted in her apartment in 1970? There's a picture of you? Well, I would have been pretty, pretty young at the time. She was babysitting me. Um, so the... Um, <laughs> No, there was this, this, you know, one thing I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't like Twitter. Like, you know, I, and a lot of other, a lot of other vehicles for social media, but what Facebook does have are very cool rooms, mm -hmm. groups, right? You, are you in some groups, right? Yeah. Brent, like yeah. you're in the Mazda group. I'm in the Battleship Texas Battleship group. Battleship Texas yeah. group. And, you know, so I'm in like the seventies group. There's some great country music groups. Um, and so forth, like outside of everything else, but the actual groups and people that get together in these groups, they tend to sort of post what they're supposed to post. And right. we don't see a lot of political stuff. Danny's in the... Um, it's where Richard picks up women, a 70s group. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because they probably all need wheelchairs. Um, walkers. <laughs> hey, can I get you a walker? <clears throat> all right, so... He thought it was 1970. He was very mistaken when he got in. <laughs> Boy, I missed the 70s. Um... So we had a great can of coffee yesterday and uh, talk well, actually lunch and learn yesterday at noon. And we're going to do these again, virtual lunch and learn on Medicare. And it was really just the basics, the alphabet soup. And we had a great turnout, close to 100 people. Thank you for attending. We still have to get through all the questions people have sent. It just goes to show you how confusing Medicare is, right, Danny? It is. I mean, with all the special, with all the different enrollment periods, what, you understand why people get stuck with permanent penalties for enrollment when you understand that. So our job always is to make sure we, we go into the financial dust bunnies here. Like you don't want to clean the top of the shelf financially. We go to the top of the shelf because you need to know this stuff. You know, you need to know Social Security. You need to know Medicare. I mean, these are very important social safety nets, and studies show, even though retirement confidence actually, Danny, is still pretty solid, that there is a strong dependency, no matter how what income group you're in, on Medi in Medicare, a strong dependency on Medicare and Social Security. So... Well, there's a we huge need to understand them very well. It's so expensive to have health care without Medicare. And even oh then, my gosh. you know, you start tacking yeah. on Medigap and, and the rest of it. It is not a, uh, a cheap endeavor. No, but it's still better than you trying to find insurance on your own. And we, it allows us to actually understand and codify health care costs for you. Correct. In your plan. Um, they always talk about catastrophic health care issues in retirement. And with Medicare and Medigap, if you, if you are handling things properly, you can most likely um, prevent these kinds of things. It's long-term care that becomes a big issue. I'm thinking maybe our next Lunch and Learn is really on the basics of long-term care, what people really need to know. Yep. But we're going to have another candid coffee. Remember, that's our Saturday deal, which is more casual than our Lunch and Learns. And this is, according to Brent, the best candid coffee yet. Because we're going to talk about why it's the best, the best accounts to save for healthcare, retirement, emergency reserves. In other words, the vehicles, the vehicles. You always want to know about all the stuff in the vehicle, right? The stereo and all the cool stuff, you know, Brent CB radio. No, this is about the right vehicles for you to invest in. And speaking of that, <clears throat> through the house right now, well, the virtual house, they have to get formalized. 
there's Secure Act 2.0 that's about to happen. And I think it has a good chance, Danny, of getting through. But what I really like, and we're going to just highlight one issue, Section 604 is the optional treatment of employer matching contributions as Roth contributions. Danny and I are so big on Roth, right? Roth 401k and so forth. But when your employer makes a matching contributions, those are pre-tax. This Secure Act 2.0 is going to allow defined contribution plans to provide participants with the option of receiving matching contributions on a Roth basis, which I think is great. So that means everything is going to go into Roth. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm, I'm sad it's taken them this long to figure this out. <laughs> well, Roth is obviously stirring up some um, activity, right? It is a lot more talk. Well, of course, because now you have, you have taxes, taxes looming right in front of you here in the next six months. So, right. so of course, they're going to be, this is a big deal now. But um, hopefully, people have enough time to take advantage of it. You know, we talk about, for, for a long time, we've talked about how Roths are such a critical part of the overall plan and how you should mm -hmm. be able to have these after-tax dollars to draw from mm -hmm. to decrease those, like the Medicare tax, all these different things that people, um, you know, it, it's just not talked about enough. The, you know, a lot of people, I'm not going to say they fail to, they neglect to, to see it. But they're just not told until usually you actually see that premium increase or mm -hmm. you see some of the other issues where you say, wow, Social Security was taxed. And so we want to arm people with all the tools to diversify the assets to protect them. And now yes. we're, we're right here where taxes are going to go up. We may be in a, in a year or two, in a couple of years, having to say, well, hey, laws have changed now. It is taxes are so high. I don't think it's going to be so high, but we could. We could say, hey, putting in a pre-tax may, may be a great thing. And Roth could be, you know, I mean, I know, think about it. I know. Um, it really does depend. I mean, right now I yeah. would say Roth, but yeah, it, depending on where taxes go, you might see some more popularity with the pre-tax deferred accounts, even though in retirement, you're still not going to fall to the lowest tax bracket and you're still going to have the pain. But you're going to hope <laughs> that over time you'll see taxes Moderate. decline again, right? Yeah. yeah. So, boy, I'm telling you, this this environment. It's a crazy if world. If you have a financial partner, that person or group better be on their toes. Let me say that. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's we have why. To study every day. Yeah. You do. But I think that's why, like, you, you discussed the Medicare event and how well attended. And they're always very well attended, in fact. And I think it's because there's not a ton of information on it. It's less, you know, you're, yes, you're getting things in the mail for Medicare Advantage and the ARP, uh, all those things. But, you need an advisor who's armed to discuss all of these different yes. things yes. because they all come together. And so, you know, too, too often we fail to, you know, think about these things in the sense of how they all impact each other, because it's not just about making money and protecting money in markets. It's about protecting money in your pocket. And this is money you've earned. So we got to watch that outflow. And that's why it's critical, Rich. And I think it, that's why people true. are so, you know, I think that's why so, people are so engaged with it. Yeah, I agree. So this candid coffee that we're going to do about the vehicles, including Roth. That's Saturday, May 22nd from 8 to 9 a.m. This is going to be a Zoom meeting, so you can register at Real Investment Advice. We get nice turnout for Candid Coffee. We have great Candid Coffee mugs. Client emailed me the other day how much she loves. Her and her husband are fighting over it. Don't break it. Um, so um, <clears throat> as you sit in, ask some questions, we pull, thanks to the help of Nikki on our team, those people that deserve the mug, um, and our little candid coffee clutch. <laughs> so we hope that you show up for that. Now, this is going to be a bit more big morning.
Danny, for news, right? Because we have April jobs expected to top a million. That's the expectation today. What's your guess? Hmm, man. You know, it seems like we're picking up a little bit of steam. Uh, yeah. I'll go with the million. Okay. I'll take the over. This is like Jeopardy. Yeah. No, it was a price is right. Yeah. Brent, what's your what's your number? I don't believe any of it. I don't believe <laughs> the way they come to the number because they're not counting everybody. Brent's like Mulder on um, the X Files. I don't. I just don't. I don't believe. Let's it. just. Well, change. there's going to be a number. Let's change yeah. the What's denominator. They're going to put something out. Regardless What's the of fake number, Brent? Oh, it, I, I have no idea. They're going to make it look good. Okay. They'll make know, it look. It'll good. be positive. So Brent's going to say it's going to be close to a million. I think. But I, I've got my cynicism mask on. We see that every day. Yes. Yeah, we yes. Yeah. Trust nobody. X Files. Brent Clanton. <laughs> New version. Yes. I'm saying. I'm going to say. I don't know why I feel this way. <clears throat> I'm going to say 887. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but we'll see. Uh, but regardless of the number, it's probably going to be pretty big. Yeah. Um, what's going to be very important are uh, unit labor costs, right? Because we have seen those tempered. Because where inflation can show up is in wage growth. <clears throat> and so we haven't seen that yet. So productivity is picking up. That's, that's good. But again, you have to remember where we've been coming from, right? We were in like an economic apocalypse, so right now, what you are doing is recovery. You're not expanding. You got to be careful of these words, because once we get back to where we were, what's the growth from there? The bond market is saying 2% back to the muck. What do you think? All right, we get back. We want to talk a little bit about, you know, hey, this is planning show. Are you prepared? for end of life. What do you need to do? We'll try to make it as positive as we can because it would be good for your family here on Financial Fitness Friday of The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. We're going for the best on our next Candid Coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff, Saturday, May 22nd. The best accounts to save, the best accounts to invest. Investments are one thing. The vehicles you place them in can be quite another. Which are the best for you? Learn about the best types of accounts to save for health care, retirement, and emergency reserves on our next Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, Saturday, May 22nd. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. Them is my I think I slept on a dog last night. My neck. <laughs> you know, when you sleep with all these dogs, one of them is going to become a pillow. It's just, it's just the way it happens. You have the right idea, Brent. Putting little Sophie in her little cave. Oh, little she's, she's gotten to the point where she just automatically goes there. You got her trained to do that. Yeah. Just I mean, it starts to get dark outside, and she comes and gives me the stare. <laughs> and we go take her to her little pen. Aw. That's good. Yeah. 
You can't sleep with your dogs, Danny. No, they take the whole bed. Yeah, they, you'd have, you'd all have to leave. They yeah. like that. They they fight over sleeping with the kids now, so oh. the kids fight over which uh, one they get. Yeah, yeah. How do they? But they're so big. The kids to be able to sleep on the floor, or what do they, they sleep at the end of the bed? <laughs> okay, okay, it's cool. Dogs and beds. It, it's hey. all good until one goes in the other room to drag a dog off the other one's bed. You know. Yeah, it's fun. Get in here. What are you doing? Dog napping. Wouldn't you love you know a, a Ratliff show? Like a reality show? Just like a, We could. Oh, man. I don't the think Ratliffs. you want that. The Ratliff Bunch. The Ratliff Bunch. Now that would be a snoozer. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Need to dragging make, dogs at 1 a.m. and Danny to, going, what yeah. the heck is going on around here? Need to make some more kids, though, so you can fill in all nine frames. Oh, <clears> man. I hate to bring this up, but demographics show that we need more kids. So get on it there. Hey, I think we've done our part. <laughs> no, you have absolutely have done your part to help the uh, demographics of the country. So we got three. So what are y'all rest of you doing? All right. So Choice Mutual came out with uh, a survey. Um, you know, listen, hey, we, we don't like to think about if anything happens to us. That's why it's so tough to buy life insurance. What I find, though, Danny, is, I mean, even with me, when you start thinking of the positives of it, the people that you leave behind, um, I find that people prepare for end of life almost with some form of zeal. Like they realize how much easier it's going to be for their family, right? And then you have to look at what do I do with the house? What do I do with my dogs? I see more people that all of a sudden the family gets the dog and the dog's in the shelter and has no idea what's going on. Um, so we got to try to make things easier for our loved ones and look beyond our own mortality to what what's going to be part of our legacy to help our our children make or spouses make good decisions and there are certain decisions you do not want to place on your children like i had to do for my parents i had to make these end of life decisions for both of them and i thought i knew what they wanted but i still thought <clears throat> it was unfair that i had to be the one to make the decision they weren't able to talk for me to, to help them, you know, for them to tell me. I had to make an assumption of what they wanted. So you don't want to do that no. to um, anybody at all. So, so the survey that Choice Mutual did um, was pretty interesting. <clears throat> I had one client, I'll never forget, wonderful client of mine, who actually predicted the financial crisis and the cost of the amount of household debt. But what he did was he did... Danny, he wrote his eulogy. He had all his insurance laid out, right? He mm -hmm. had the type of funeral he was going to have, right? His interments, all of this set up meticulously because the one thing he didn't want to do was think about um, my family having troubles with this. I mean, yeah. he was... He was and and I and we still work with his nephew today. He was a great radio. He was a, almost a mentor to me, helping me on radio and TV. And uh, he, you know, I, and, and again, he retired. He bought a motorcycle. We planned for retirement, <clears throat> and he got diagnosed with cancer like two months into retirement. Mm. Right. So, you know, then he went into preparing for end of life. But again, it's not something we all want to do. So. Choice Mutual did this study, and I'm going to try to do my technology thing here uh, as best I can. 
So the one question was on this is, do you have a will? 41% of respondents said, no, I haven't gotten around to it. And it really depended upon age. Like, what age do you think you should create a will, right? So obviously the biggest was 31 to 40. Um, so let's talk a little about that. You know, if I'm 18 years old, do I need a will? I, no, I can go either way. But you, we all have assets, right? This is America. We, we all have got stuff. If you, don't, if you have a place where you want this stuff to go, you could do it legally, or you can let the just you know the, the the state take care of it. But it gets absolutely more complicated when you have children. I am shocked by how many young parents I talk to that have still not figured out guardianships, Danny, for yeah. their kids officially. Oh, many and people. have done wills and to do that. I'm 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 sort of flabbergasted by it. Yeah, I, I think that's a prevailing problem, and you know, I think. People 31 to 40, generally, just because I've been right there and having children, that this is, these are big things to think about. And I think that's why they feel like it's probably the biggest demographic that needs to take care of things. Because as you're having children, you need to begin to think of, okay, what happens? Should have something happen to both of us? Um, you know, my wife and I just take different flights wherever we go. No, I'm kidding. Um, but these are things Actually, that— I know a couple who, do, who does that. Do you? So that they don't—something happens to them at the same— Yeah, I do have some people that have that do that. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. But— these extreme, are things I, I think that, that they, they need to be addressed, right? And especially if you have small children, you mm -hmm. need to figure out, you know, okay, one, who's going to be guardian? Who's going to take care of them? What if they can't? What if they don't want to? Uh, things change. These are also things that need to be updated frequently, you know, and I think it goes so much further than that. But even I meet clients and you do too. I mean, one of the first questions we typically ask is, you know, when we get into planning, do you have a will? Do you have all these documents prepared? The basics, uh, just the basics, yeah. not, not nothing fancy. Although we think estate planning is going to take on a new level depending I on do. what uh, the new administration does. But even before you get to the will, you have to have a conversation. Correct. That's the tough part. <clears throat> Nobody wants to talk about it. You know, I talked to young, I mean, I talked to a young couple a few weeks ago in their mid-20s, and they still haven't had the conversation about their two young kids. <clears throat> what, what would happen? You can't make an assumption here. You don't want the state to... To determine where they go. Exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad spot for them. In other words, it's a bad place because one wants one that the other one doesn't want. But you're going to have to come to some form of consensus. Even if it's the lesser of two evils, yep. you have to have somebody you don't want the state to dictate where that's going to go. So, and then what about, Danny, when people say, well, you know, I, I'll just write something down. Well, you could. That's better than nothing. It's called a holographic will, right? I can write out a will. I can get it notarized. Uh, it may be contested depending upon where you are. I can't remember if Texas is one of those states where you're able to have the written will. I think you can do a handwritten will. You can. Um, and listen, hey, there are going to be some people that can title their assets. They're, they're below exemptions. They've had good conversations with their kids. They can set up what we call one rights or survivorship accounts, right? Where one, then one party gets the asset, right? It does, it bypasses probate. I have beneficiaries on my life insurance and IRAs. So sometimes I may decide unless someone's going to fight over my G.I. Joe collection with the Kung Fu grip, um, <clears throat> you know, I can, I can write all that stuff out for my daughter and say, hey, make sure this person gets this. I know all my stuff's going on eBay. That's just the way it's going to happen. But um, 
Because, you know, your kids, we always talk about this, your kids don't want your stuff. Their kids don't want your house for the most part. And they might want some little piece of sentimental stuff, but the stuff, maybe your grandmother's china, uh, your, your children not going to look at it the way you do. Maybe I don't want great grandma's quilt. You know, they don't have the same level of attachment, so don't get offended. But this all formal stuff starts with a conversation about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, shoot, my grandmother, when I was young, would ask me and my, my cousins to go by and put a sticker on things that we wanted if she were to die. And What did you put a sticker on? Anything? Um, yeah, there's a handful of things that were just sentimental, like uh, that my grandfather really liked or, uh, you know, like I have some. You think Danny was born old, Brent? I want to take grandpa's pipe. He's seven. <laughs> no, that was, that was never a thing there. <laughs> no, but I'm saying is that's cool that she did that. Yeah. That she, she was, that's she a was good thoughtful thing to on do. that. No, but that's a, but yeah. how many, how many people do that? Not, but not I think many. that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea to <laughs> kind of scare us all like, grandma, are you okay? Yeah. What's going on here? Grandma, you, uh, you checking out grandma? But, but, uh, you know, I think that being thoughtful on those types of things, yes. then you understand what people want and then you can say, okay, well, Hey, here's the things I have. Take it to goodwill. Take it to this charity. You um, would not believe what people fight over. Oh yeah. I know. I am talking about stuff that should not matter. I mean, I've seen families break up over teacups. Like, I should have gotten that collection. Like, these are collections that will never be used, by the way, because trust me, I have a handful in it. No, they're not used. No. Yeah. But why did grandma leave that to you? So, in other words, yeah. The then you feel bad about getting rid of it, too. It's a whole other oh, story. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know my kids today. I think kids today would probably just... Every time I walk into an antique store, I'm like, okay, who unloaded this? Why did you unload your family's pictures? Come on. Stop. That's terrible. So have you had a loved one die without a will? Uh, according to Choice Mutual, no. Yes, it went well. 24% said it, well, 27% said it went poorly because it could. If you don't dictate where the money goes, you're going to have a problem. Or if you're not the one who's actually the executor having to deal with it. I think if you, you actually pulled most executors, it'd be a d far different number. I bet it would. I bet it would. Okay, we'll be right back here on Financial Fitness Friday. And the Choice Mutual Study. We're going to continue that when we get back. But I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. We're going for the best on our next Candid Coffee with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff, Saturday, May 22nd. The best accounts to save, the best accounts to invest. Investments are one thing. The vehicles you place them in can be quite another. Which are the best for you? Learn about the best types of accounts to save for health care, retirement, and emergency reserves on our next Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso, Saturday, May 22nd. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. And welcome back. Hey, listen, we're not going over this study to be buzzkills on a Friday. 
we're helping you understand that there is positivity to this. Um, there might be a conversation that you've been reluctant to have with a loved one about guardianship or, hey, what are we going to do with Scruffy? And, you know, again, these are just conversations that you might want to think about having. And Choice Mutual went and did this survey about end of life and how people were prepared. I thought this was interesting, Danny. Are you an organ donor? And 51% said yes. Um, so 1% said, no, I think it's gross or weird. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't trust doctors. I, that's a really, 4% said, no, I don't want someone else using my organs. They're mine and they're going with me. <laughs> Man, you could have them all. Yeah, I mean, Tepperset said, no, I don't think my organs are usable. I wonder if Keith Richards Wait a second. picks that one. Hey, what state of mind you have to be thinking, man, I've been so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to find anything good in here. <laughs> Under the hood, no good. That's my end of life shirt. Under the hood, no good. Um, so that's some odd responses to this. Yeah. Are you an organ donor? <clears throat> Boy, some weird people out there. All right, so what do you think of the average burial and funeral service costs? Again, these costs go up dramatically. Um, they are an investment. So actual cost, you can see where most people are saying four to 7,000. Actual cost is roughly 7,300 bucks. Um, and that's even, it, we see more people looking at cremation. But even if you're going to have a ceremony, um, you know, the cost of it is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be expensive. Um, I've seen some funerals that I've helped people with twelve, fifteen thousand dollars Yeah, I feel like that's more the norm than a 7 to 10, to be honest with you. And, you know, I help people with some You're of right. these decisions. And, you no, know, I think even it's looking like the at, lower end of the, yeah. of the spectrum. Well, even the lower end, I've found mm -hmm. it's, it's been more expensive. Maybe that's just where we are or where we're looking. But um, I've had a handful of clients who really shopped around, even trying to go to small towns to see if maybe it's a little bit cheaper in different areas. Uh, for caskets, for, you know, burial plots. Um, it is just not a cheap endeavor. No, no, it's not. And here's how much have you set aside for burial and funeral services? This is what I people don't, I see people do not. We put it into our plans. I don't see a lot of people even bringing this up, but 49% said zero to a thousand. In other words, we don't have anything set aside for burial and funeral services, right? <clears throat> so people would expect that, well, life insurance will possibly and that could, that's part of it, right? My family will figure it out is not really a great answer Yeah. at 23%. My family will figure, that's the one you want to avoid. Now, I have seen the crowdfunding one where people have said, you know, go fund me or whatever that, you know, this person has passed and they don't have any money to be buried. So um, this is what um, we're going to do overall. Uh, I have some people that have actually gone through and set this up. You know, they want to be cremated and this is what they want. Obviously, <clears throat> I have a lot of people that are now going for no ceremony. Mm -hmm. I have a lot more people saying, you know what? You know, later on, do some sort of small gathering at a restaurant with my top five friends or whatever it is. Right. But I don't see a lot of these more elaborate funerals unless you're Italian. OK, because then it's an event. All right. So it is. It's just, you know, we got to have the viewing. You know, you sit with the body for three weeks. You know, grandma's still cooking. I mean, I never know. I never understand. I mean, 
<clears throat> it is a big deal. And it's just, it's not something I would prefer. Um, but these are the kinds of decisions your, your family is going to have to make. If you say, listen, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want a big deal. I don't want you to spend a lot of money on this. I am long gone. But your, your kids might decide they can want it all out. Because in grief, you, make, you, can, make some t- you, can, you can make some bad decisions. Uh, it, it makes sense. That's all you're thinking about is how can I respect my loved one? And money is no object. Yeah. Um, and it could be somewhat predatory uh, if you're not careful. Not that a funeral home would want to do that. But, hey, you want mm. the top of the line. And um, well, that, that is and, true. And, and, and so you've got to just be careful and understand that at least again, this is all coming down to, again, the conversation. This is how much you want you to spend. This is where I want to go. Well, I think that's so. why it's really good to set these parameters ahead of time. It's just like, um, you know, when you're having I think there's three industries that really your emotions are really drawn to. If you're having a child, it's like the baby industry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting married or there's a death. And if we don't have these things or some parameters set ahead of time, you can really get roped into these things. And I, like, You're I not remember, pulling the wedding and the death in the same. I mean, you can pull it all together in so many different ways. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let, let's face it. But you know, and the reason is because you, you think you have to have let's these things. Let's bypass that. Yeah. No, you, you I don't. Yeah, I agree. It's just like um, they are emotional. We had our first child. We're getting shown all this fancy furniture. And we kind of got drawn into it. And finally, I took my wife aside. I said, hey, do you remember what your crib looked like? She's like, no. I was like, it was a fruit crate. Yeah, I don't either. And so I was like, so is this for the child or is this for us? So that was a decision we had to have. And I said, well, we don't need this. So, you know, it, it was able to back up. And I think that's the same thing you need to be able to, the conversation you need to have. Because, look, the baby didn't remember what kind of crib they had. Your well, loved one's not going to remember the type of casket they're in. I think they say that, well, this crib is going to be passed on to. Oh, well, you know, like this here. is going to be one of those legacy things. It'll be used for firewood. It's not going to be passed on. Our cribs are already long gone. <clears throat> They're all, yeah. They're, yeah. It's gone well, to the highest bidder. Well, sooner or later, the cardboard on those things, on those boxes, deteriorates. You have to, you have to move them along. Um, all right. Do you have life insurance? Um, you know, at least 51% said yes to pay for things. Um, we see a lot of people, too. This is another conversation you have to have underinsured um, or not insured yeah. at all. And we see, I mean, the one thing I do see on social media is young families, like dad was a hiker and he, you know, he, unfortunately he, he had an accident and now he leaves young wife and young babies. He had no life insurance. How do you not have life insurance? Um, was, you know, again, there's going to be a point in your life you don't need it, unless it's for estate purposes, right? The older you get, the need for insurance, unless you want to leave a legacy. But this is what your financial plan is all for, right, Danny? Yeah. To dictate, well, you don't know how much life insurance you really need. That's you just right. can't go out and say, oh, I'm going to buy like a million-dollar policy, or I'm going to get a term life policy versus a, pr- a permanent life, whole life policy. How do you know without a financial plan how much risk to mitigate? And then what is the best vehicle to do this? Well, they can all be used for different reasons, right? There's many times you're not going to use a permanent policy to, you know, it is all encompassing and that's typically how they're sold. And there, there can be reasons and times you would use it for the death benefit and for the cash value. But generally speaking, you know, 
you, you're, you may have a few if it's really done right. From, Absolutely. Like you may go buy a term to mitigate risk right now. Now, unless you have a very large estate, then you do want that permanent aspect to the death benefit. But then we may not use it as much for the cash value. Well, you might how graduate. Over fund you, right? You may yeah. graduate in your type of insurance, right? When Correct. you're young, and you know cash flow is thin or maybe more sporadic. And you're going to get more bang for your dollar with pure term yep. life insurance. It's one of the best ways to do it. It's going to be offered through work. You're probably going to need to supplement that because if you left work, you wouldn't have the insurance um, or you got laid off, whatever it might be. So term can work. Then as people become older, they realize that their cash flows are better. They can look at permanent life insurance that has a savings or a cash value component that can grow tax deferred and possibly can use to supplement as part of your retirement income strategy. And it's not taxable, right? It, it, it doesn't allow Irma to occur and it doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't have the federal taxation attached to it because I'm borrowing against the policy, yet I'm keeping a death benefit in place. But obviously premiums are going to be higher. So you can graduate in life insurance throughout. Now I have people talking more about life insurance because of worrying about does the estate tax exemptions, where do they go? Then yeah. there's also about what happens with step up in basis. Correct. Right. If you make a million or more, then step up in basis. Right. You know, right now, God forbid you have a big, you have, say you have a big estate, but you have all these assets with low cost basis passed on to your children. They get this step up in basis. Right, and the the part of the the initiative here is to maybe remove that, depending upon well, you do the, that uh, income, and then you also lower the the estate tax. Exemption. Man, you get hit with a double whammy. Right, right, because there's a million. Supposedly, there's going to be a million dollar exemption on step up in basis, but step up in basis can affect people that are not that wealthy. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. You might just have a house and maybe your kids would inherit the house and sell it. Um, so insurance can sometimes fill in the need for your estate planning, depending upon the legacy that you want to leave. Um, and also make sure that you're setting it up in a trust if possible. Um, so it doesn't become part of your estate because people don't realize life insurance does become part of your overall estate. So the most important thing we could tell you here talk, converse. Plans create conversation. When you do a plan about life insurance and all that, it gets you to face these questions that maybe you don't want to go through on your own. Maybe your advisor can be the intermediary to help or facilitate the conversations, as awkward as they may be. And that's, those are the qualitative benefits to a plan that we don't talk about because plans are more than numbers. There's a lot of flesh and blood and life experience and conversations that need to occur. And that's it for our Financial Fitness Friday show back on Monday. Hope you all have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.
Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet. Sign up for the Real Investment Report now at realinvestmentadvice.com. It's a rich man's world.